Sorry. <laughs> I wish I could let you go back there with the children's church because it's really happening there. <clears throat> but y'all can in, y'all try to endure me, all right? Amen. Isn't God good? He's awesome. I'm excited to be a part of his kingdom and about what he's doing. It's all about Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, it's good to see, praise God, brother and sister Bunch with us today. Glad they're here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the people of God said amen. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, we are preaching on the passion of the early church. How many of y'all are passionate about God? I mean, you've got a passion. Red hot passion. How many of y'all want to see what the early church was like? Passion of the early church. It took the Lord a while to get through me. Amen. It took him till 3 o'clock this morning to tell me what he wanted me to do here. But at 3, 3.30, I woke up in the middle of the night, and he just, he just started pumping stuff into me. Now, I had prepared for a couple of days uh, in this particular passage, but I wanted to get the key that God wanted us to have today. And he gave me the key to this passage. And so we're going to deal with the passion of perception. The passion of perception. Amen. Say perception. Can you see it? Can you perceive it? Say the passion of perception. All right. You'll see what I'm talking about. That's the key that God gave me to unlock this passage for us this morning. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Now that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter, say seen. All right, now his perception is beginning to work. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. See us. Now, here's what's interesting. The Bible said he had already seen him. The lame man has already seen Peter and John. Then John looks at him and says, look on us. So there's a difference between just seeing with your physical eye and perceiving. Really seeing it in the spirit. You hear what I'm saying here? Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said... Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones Received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping. And praising God. It wasn't a quiet miracle. In fact, as I study the word of God, there's nothing quiet about his kingdom. 
It's all loud. The only ones that are supposed to keep silent before him, let the earth keep silent before him. Not his people. His people are supposed to be loud. So he's leaping. He's praising God. And all the people, say with me, saw him. Awesome. They saw him. They perceived him. Glory to God. They had seen him before, but they had never seen him like this. Glory to God. And the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering and when Peter saw it say Peter saw word it is in italics when Peter saw this word is just awesome it's awesome say saw God God just took the scales off my eyes concerning this passage and when Peter saw he answered unto the people you men of Israel why marvel ye at this or why, say with me, look. Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence, presence of Pilate when he was determined to let go. Yeah. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead. Say he's alive. He's alive. Whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I would that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, say showed, by the mouth of all of his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive, until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of of all of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul, say soul, which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, 
as many as have spoken have likewise foretold of what days? These days. Say, these days. Do you understand and perceive the days in which you live? These days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed, say in thy seed, shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God hath raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turned away every one of you from his iniquities. Let's pray. Father God, I ask you this morning that you would have your way in this service. God, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Give us liberty. Break anything that would bind us this morning. Carnal minds, chains that would bind us. Demon powers that would try to hinder us. Lameness in our feet that would hinder us from moving in you, O God. Lameness in our feet, O God, that keeps us from walking with you, O God. Lameness that keeps us from moving into the temple of God. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you in advance for all that you are going to do. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you will look up here, you will see, I want to show you something because I want to lay some foundation for you, the tabernacle. Can you all all see the tabernacle up here? Okay, this tabernacle is in three dimensions. There is an outer court right here, and that is where you've got this brass altar and this laver, and it's open. This is not the tabernacle itself, it's called the outer court. That's the first dimension, or that's Passover. That would be a type and picture of the cross. When you go into the tabernacle itself, you go into what's called a holy place. It's right here in the front part of the tabernacle. That's the second dimension. That represents Pentecost. So you've got Passover in the outer court. You've got Pentecost in the holy place. And then right there, separating, you have a veil. Behind the veil, where there was the Ark of the Covenant, that's the throne of God. That represents the third dimension. That is the Holy of Holies. It represents tabernacles. Do you understand that? So when you talk about dimensions in the Word of God, you're talking about something that's biblical. It's not something that we're making up. It's something that is biblical. So you start in the outer court in your approach to God. <clears throat> we don't have a tabernacle. Thank you, brother. Because it's been fulfilled. We have a true tabernacle. It's Jesus. And I'm looking at the tabernacle of God. <clears throat> but see, as you walk with God... As you move with God, provided that you are not lame, provided that you have the ability to move with God, then God wants to take you through these dimensions, all right? Out of court, say with me, Passover. That's the cross. Then in the tabernacle, this first room is called what? Holy of Holies. That's the power of Pentecost. See these people on the day of Pentecost getting the Holy Ghost? We saw that in Acts chapter 2, right? Now we're in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 takes you beyond Pentecost. Acts chapter 3 takes you into the third room right here, or the third dimension. It takes you into the most holy place. Chapter 3 and on take you beyond Pentecost. Look at your neighbor and say, beyond Pentecost. For so many of us, we think that when you get 
an understanding of the cross, and then you go on and you move on in God, okay, and you get filled with the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a feast. Passover is a feast. Passover is fulfilled at the cross. Pentecost is a feast. It's fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 right there. Y'all see these people speaking in tongues? Cloven tongues as a fire setting upon their heads. So they were all filled with the Spirit of God, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, right? So they've been filled with the power of Pentecost. They've got God inside of them. But what we need to understand as a church is that there's more than just Passover. More than just Pentecost or receiving the Spirit of God in us. We, we treat that like that's the end of all things. Like you get the Holy Ghost, man. Woo, you got everything you need. You know what I'm saying? But receiving the Holy Ghost is the earnest of your inheritance. That's just the beginning, not the end of all things. You need to keep moving. And if you'll keep moving, you'll end up in the third room right there. Right there. And in that third room, you've got the Holy of... It's the Holy of Holies. That's where the throne of God is. That's His kingdom. Say kingdom. kingdom. How many of y'all want to keep moving in God? Yeah. How many of you understand He died for you on the cross? Yeah. How many of you understand that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues? How many, you can experience your own personal Pentecost. Yeah. Jesus wants to come and live inside of you. Fill you with power and victory. Give you victory over sin. Come on. But there's more than just getting the Holy Ghost. That's just the start of this thing. I want to keep moving with God until I make it all the way into the most holy place. Now, I know the Bible says that when you get the Holy Ghost, you are the Holy of Holies. The Spirit of God moved in you. You became the Holy of Holies. But the Bible also says you go from glory to glory from glory to glory I got the glory in me but I'm moving into further dimensions in glory now I'm trying to be, do this slowly so you'll understand so you've got three dimensions in the tabernacle right Passover the cross Pentecost the Holy Ghost and the third dimension is tabernacles that's the kingdom manifestation of the kingdom it's the throne of God you with me here it's moving into God's rest but I thought some of us say well when you get the Holy Ghost you got the rest of God in you you do but it's not automatic I said it's not automatic you've got to move into that dimension of rest okay now watch this though back over here in Adam's when he was created y'all see on this chart Y'all bear with me. Y'all okay out there? I'll hang from the roof in a minute. I got to lay some foundation here. If I don't, I'm going to lose everybody. Okay. <laughs> Look at these creative days. Remember the first day God created? They said, let there be light. Second day, firmament. Third day, vegetation. Fourth day, solar light. Fifth day, fish and fowls of the air. The sixth day, land animals and man. Then the seventh day was the rest of God, Right? Okay, now watch this. From Adam until the present time, we have just begun, if our chronology is correct, what year is it? 2003. 
So from Adam to Jesus is approximately 4,000 years. From, the outpour, or from Jesus to the present, it's been approximately, now listen with me, if you include his walking in the earth, it's been 2,000 years, a little over 2,000 years. So how many years from Adam to the present? 6,003 years, if our chronology is right, which means we have already begun the seventh day. And the seventh day is what? The seventh day he rested. Okay, so from Adam till now, it's been seven days or 7,000 years. But from Christ, the last Adam, he walked the earth the beginning of the fifth day. Okay? So we have the fifth day and the sixth day, and we have just begun the third day. If it's 2003, we have begun the third day. What I'm trying to teach you is that the seventh day from Adam is the same as the third day from Jesus. It's simple. Don't make it hard. It's simple. So that the seventh day and the third day are a family together. Do you understand? We're talking about the same thing. We're talking about, when you talk about the seventh dimension, you're talking about the third dimension. When you talk about the seventh day, you're talking about the third day from Christ. You hear with me now? And so what I'm trying to show you is that there are times in God. There are dimensions in God. Woo, hallelujah. So if we're in the third day, we should be seeing a manifestation of the throne. We should be seeing a manifestation of the kingdom. If we're in the seventh day from Adam, we should be, see a manifestation of what? The kingdom age. The seventh millennium. Did I lose everybody with that? It doesn't matter if I did anyway. You need to hear this. Because if you never hear it, you're never going to grow. You're never going to learn anything. If all I do is stand up here and preach you Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized, in Jesus' name, get the Holy Ghost, you're never going to go anywhere. God is a moving God. He wants you to move in these dimensions. And I'm also going to tell you this, that God is a God of deepness. God does not want you to stay shallow in your understanding. He wants you to move into deepness. Deep calls to deep. Give God praise. So how many of y'all understand the cross? Jesus died for me. How many of y'all been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues? I have. It's not a denominational thing. It's not an organizational thing. It's what God wants to do for you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's what God wants to do for you. If he can feel a, a quiet, reserved Lutheran like me with the Holy Ghost, he can feel a quiet and reserved whatever you are with the Holy Ghost because it's not denomination we're talking about. We're talking about relationship. Look at your neighbor and say, relationship. This thing is about relationships. So y'all are looking at a Holy Ghost-filled Lutheran right now. You're looking at a tongue-talking Jesus' name, one God. Lutheran, that's a miracle. I said, that's a miracle. And there's no way you're going to set me down and shut me up. I'm going to yet praise him. And you're not going to tell me that the outer court, come on, the water baptism in Jesus' name, 
etc. And being filled with the Holy Ghost, which is the holy place, is everything for me. Because I know that God has another room. It's a three-room house. It's not a two-room. It's a three-room house. And God's got something for me. And he's got something for you. And it's a manifestation of his kingdom in this last days. So don't get stuck in transition. You got the anointing to take you into the most holy place. The reason, the purpose of Passover and the purpose of Pentecost is so that you can experience tabernacles, which is the last feast. It's the seventh feast. There are three feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and tabernacles, and four other feasts are linked to them. So you've got three feasts, but yet you have seven feasts. So that three and seven go together in a family. Now, I've got Passover. I've got the cross. I'm a fundamentalist. Whew, hallelujah. I believe in the, I don't want to lose you here. Whew. But you're looking at somebody who's also experienced the second dimension. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. But that's just the beginning of what God wants for me. That's just the beginning of what God wants for you. He wants you to move into tabernacles. He wants you to manifest the kingdom. Woo. The finished work of the cross produces the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Yes. And Pentecost is the anointing to carry you into the most holy place. Yeah. But you've got to overcome in order to get into the most holy place. It is not automatic. And first and foremost, you've got to know that it's available to you. Because if you don't know it's available to you, you won't try to get there. But I'm telling you, there is a place in God, a kingdom-type manifestation in the third day from Christ or the seventh day from Adam that he wants to bring about in this earth. He wants the sons of God to manifest his glory in this earth. Haggai says this, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Say the glory of the Lord. Where are you going to find the glory? The glory is in the most holy place where you have the glory of God manifest. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth as the waters cover the seas. What I'm preaching to you right now is what the prophet said would be preached in the last days. That there's going to be some people who are going to get the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Arise, shine. For the glory of the Lord has arisen upon thee. God's looking for somebody that will manifest his kingdom. Somebody that will move into the realm of glory. How many of y'all want to experience the glory of God? My God's not dead. He died on the cross. And on the day of Pentecost, he poured out his spirit. And he gave me that equipment so I can move into glory. You are going to see a people in the earth that are going to radiate with the glory of God. You're going to look on their face and you're going to see the glory of God Almighty upon their face. Arise, shine, for the light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Woo. But you've got to be able to move with God because God's moving. I'm telling you, See, a lot of things we used to do a long time ago 
God said, hey, I used it in the past, but I'm doing something new now. God's doing a new thing. And we got to get in tune with God. we got to find out what God is doing. And so what's he doing? He's going to bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom so that they can manifest the heavens and the earth realm. So that what's in heaven is going to be seen in the earth. Everybody talks about, well, I can't wait to go home to glory. Die and go home and be with Jesus. Can I tell you right now, you don't have to wait to die to go to glory. You can get the glory of God right now because the glory of God is in this house right now. He wants to take you into that third room. But the problem is the church of the living God is lame. We're lame. We can't get in the temple. We can't get in the most holy place. Yeah, I know where the holy place is. But I'm talking about moving in God in dimensions. Fix your neighbor and ask him, are you lame? If you are, you can be healed today. And what I'm telling you today is not for some kind of elite people. What I'm telling you right now is for whosoever will. You're not looking at somebody elite. No, 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 no. I just know what God wants to do, and I want everything that God has for me. You're not going to shut me down. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. So many Pentecostal churches you go to, the people who claim to have the power of God in them are nothing but pew setters. They have become dead in the pew. Because they thought that getting the Holy Ghost was the end of all things. But God's trying to tell you that you, can, you need to keep moving in the greater moves of God. The Bible talks about the exceeding greatness of his power to us for. I thought he was awesome last week. He's more awesome today than he was last week. I thought he was awesome at Passover. But he's even more awesome at Pentecost. I thought he was awesome at Pentecost, but he's more awesome in a kingdom manifestation because, listen, God only gets better with time. So if you're not as on fire as you were when you first got this, you need to move with God because God only gets better with time. Say the exceeding greatness of his power. Oh, yeah, he has power, but it just keeps on exceeding. How can he who has all power, he, he's got all power, how can that exceed? It's called manifestation. Say manifestation. So if I'm not moving with God, and I'm going back to 22 years ago, when I got the Holy Ghost 22 years ago, and now I'm dead and dry and sitting on a pew, don't be, don't be offended. Hallelujah. Something's happened because I'll tell you what's happened. We have become lame. The church of the living God. We stopped moving with God. In fact, we don't have the ability to walk with him any longer. You know why? Because he left you a long time ago. As far as his, his movement goes and his manifestation goes and what he's doing, he left us a long time ago. We got to catch up. Praise the glory cloud. You better pack up your bags. You better get a hold. You better get up under that cloud right now. 
I'm not going to sit there in the camp when the glory is moving on. When he's. Woo. Get my napkin, please. Okay, so everybody with me up to this point? Hallelujah. I refuse. I absolutely, categorically refuse to become a dead Pentecostal. When God has so much that he wants to do, I refuse to get lame sitting on a pew anywhere. Thank God for a man by the, brother, by the name of Brother Edmund Dice. Latter 70s. That man never stopped. He, you'd never see him sitting on a pew. Worship God. Dance. Spin around. What happened to us? Before you leave this house, I declare to you that you're going to see. You're going to perceive. You're going to understand things you never saw before in your life. And you're going to walk out of here no longer lame and dead. Sitting. You're going to walk out of here with the power of the living God. Because, because if we don't, we have become what Esther talks about, a Vashti system. A cosmic queen that has thrown her own party when the king is saying, come on, come forth. Come forth and manifest the crown. Come forth and manifest the kingdom. And Vashti, the cosmic religious system, which she personifies, is saying, no, I got my own party going on. And the king says, no, I want you to come here and I want you to manifest the crown royal. No, I got my own party going on. But I want you to know God's going to have an Esther that's going to rise up, that's going to come forth and it's going to manifest the kingdom of the living God. And you can sit there and you can throw your own little party. It can be a pity party. You can throw your little pity party if you want to. You can be a party little pretty costa clavicle. But God is going to have a queen. Esther's going to come forth. And she's going to manifest. And it is her. It is that woman who makes it in the most holy place. He puts out the scepter. The scepter is Jesus. Puts out the scepter and she touches it and kisses it with her lips. She made it all the way. And she said, if I perish, I perish. But I've got to go all the way. If I perish, I perish. If it kills me, I'm going to get where he's sitting. If it kills me, I'm going to get where he sits. If it kills me, I'm going to see the king. If it, I know. She says she knows. She, she understands her purpose. Is to manifest the kingdom of God. Hey, I tell you what you do. If you're sitting by somebody who don't want to manifest the kingdom of God, just say, uh, nice to know you. See ya. You can throw your little Vashti system. You can look the part with no substance. Or you can be an Esther who is the real thing and who has substance within her. So, so do, do that right now. If they don't want to move where you are, just say, nice to meet you. God bless you. I love you. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Say, God bless you. I love you. Hallelujah. But I can't sit by you because I'm, I'm going to be an Esther. I don't want to be a Vashti who's just putting on a front. I don't want to be a Vashti. She, yeah, she's got the crown, but she won't do anything with it. I want to be the bride that God is raising up in the last days that are going to come forth and say, the kingdom of God is here. 
Man, if you're sick and tired of religion, I don't care what flavor it is. If you're sick and tired of religion, I'm here to tell you I'm not offering you religion today, but a move of God in your life that'll transform you, change you, challenge you. I'm not even offering you Pentecostal religion. I don't want nothing to do with it. You can have it. I want the glory of God in this last days. Thank you. Don't steal my napkin. Are y'all here? Well, hopefully I can get to this chapter. But that's foundation. Do you understand? Give God a hand clap of praise. He's looking for sons to manifest his kingdom. Right, brother? You believe that? Give God a hand clap of praise. But this man is lame. He can't move. He can't walk. All he is all his life is a burden to somebody else. I don't want to be a burden to somebody else. From the day he was born, his parents looked at him. And by the time you get to this chapter, he's above 40 years of age. 40 years of being carried. Say carried. From one place to another place to another place. Specifically here now in the gate beautiful of the temple. He has to be carried every day of his life. He doesn't have the ability to care for himself. He has to depend on somebody else. And when he gets there in the gate beautiful, what does the Bible say he does? He begs. Hello, somebody. He begs. I'm glad to tell you right now that if you come to church begging, if you need a quarter to be dropped in your tin can, God wants to take you from being a beggar and turn you to be a praiser. He wants to take you from a place of disability to a place of ability and from a place of ability to a place of worship. The problem with this man, he had a tin cup mentality. That's all he saw. That's all he could perceive as alms, alms, alms. Sitting there on his bed. Come on, say his bed. But see, God wants you to enter into his rest, the seventh. Say his rest. So this man's laying on his own bed. When you lay on your own bed and sleep in your own bed, you never find rest. You can only find rest in God. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're looking for rest, you can find it in Jesus. And all he's got is a ten-cup mentality. Alms, alms, alms. Will you help me today? I need a quarter for my daily bread. Come on. And all he's doing is begging, 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 begging. God doesn't want us to be beggars. God doesn't want us to be disabled. God wants us to be able. And he wants us to be worshipers. And I'm here to tell you, if you came to the church to beg for alms, God wants to set you free and turn you into a praiser and a worshiper. Most people, all they perceive and all they see is their physical needs. That's all they know. If everything is met physically, woo, yeah. But if they got some kind of need in their life this morning, they sit there and they can't praise God. 
because all they can perceive and all they can see is a tin cup in their hand. God wants to take you from a tin cup mentality into the place of glory. He wants you to get outside from outside the gate and he wants you to move inside to the glory. He wants you to move from a tin cup mentality to a kingdom minded person. Oh yes, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to deliver some of you. Some of you are saying, but pastor, I've been in the church longer than you are old. That's your problem. See, I can relate to this guy. He's just above 40 years old. I'm looking at a 40-year-old. And I know some of you have been alive longer. <laughs> Give God praise. And you know all things about everything. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to take you from a tin cup mentality to the manifestation of his glory. He wants you to stop begging and become a praiser and a worshiper in his kingdom. And the only, the only way that you can get from that place of the ten cup mentality is Jesus getting you there. Give God praise. So here goes. Here, here goes. You can read along with it. I want to follow the text right down through it, okay? Here we go. Here comes Peter and John. The hour of prayer. It's nine o'clock in the... No, not now. It's the ninth hour. See, you almost messed me up. It's not 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's the ninth hour of the day. That's, isn't this interesting? Say, three. So you're moving beyond Pentecost here. You're moving into the third dimension where the throne room is. You've gone from Passover to the power of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And now in chapter 3, we're talking about glory manifest in a man. What you're going to see manifest in that man is a manifestation of Jesus. Jesus wants to manifest himself in this earth. Do you understand that? And so here comes Peter and John, the, the ninth hour of the day. That's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the time when he said, it is finished. It's based on the work of the cross. Say the work of the cross. And it's the work of the cross that's going to get him from point A to point B to point C. Come on, somebody. Woo. And here comes Peter and John. And they're going up to the temple to pray. Hello, temple of God. They're going up to the temple to pray. Say pray. They pray three times a day. Nine in the morning. 12 o'clock noon and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's the third prayer in the third, 3 o'clock in the afternoon or the ninth hour of the day. Say 333. You can't miss it, can you? And so now we've got Peter and John. Now, in case you don't know this, Peter was a doer, but John was a dreamer. So now you've got men with different types of temperament. And these men with different types of temperament, you know, remember what Peter said. He looked at Jesus and said, well, what is this man going to do? You remember that? And John, what's this man going to do? See, Peter's a doer. John's a dreamer. But now you've got, after Pentecost, you've got men who have differences able to walk together. 
You've got Peter, who's a doer, and John, who's a dreamer, walking together. And I want you to know that in times past, they would have got on each other's nerves. But you see, they have learned to perceive. They have learned to understand that differences God has chosen to bless with. And just because they don't look like me or talk like me or act like me or huh, I got a different temperament about me doesn't mean that God can't use them to bless me because God chooses differences to bless me. Now that doesn't mean we're going to throw aside holiness, but you're going to find, yeah, you're going to find that God has the ability to bless you through people who are different from you, who have a different temperament than you do. And you're going to have to have the ability to perceive that and discern that and understand it. If you don't, you throw them out the door. Listen to me. They could be anointed by God. They might not be where you are right now, but they could be anointed by God. And they might just, you, God might just use them to bless you. I know it's hard for you to believe. And I know for some of you, you look at me and say, boy, I just don't see how I'm, I'm going to get anything out from this guy here. But you know what? Don't worry. I'm different from you. You're different from me. But God has chosen my difference to bless you. And God has chosen your difference to bless me. But you have to have the ability to perceive that. Do you understand that? Give God praise. And now they're walking hand in hand together, the doer and the dreamer. Hallelujah. Woo! Understand it. Peter looks at John. John, I don't really, I'm not a big dreamer. I'm a doer. But you, you dream and I'll do. And John looks at Peter and says, I'm really not into doing. I like to get over in a corner somewhere and pray and fast until I get the mind of God and get revelation and understanding the word of God. So when I get a revelation, I tell you what God's wanting to do. And when I tell you what God wants to do, then you can lead us in the doing of that thing. See, somehow they begin to perceive each other's uniqueness and each other's differences. And that by that, that God was going to bless the church of the living God. So now we got the dreamer and we've got, we got the man with a vision. We've got a man with perception. We've got a man who can see. His name's John. And we've got a man walking with him who's Peter, who's going to implement what has been seen. We got a man who is going to do what has been perceived by John. You see, you got to have both of them. You gotta have a glory and you've gotta have order. You gotta have both of them. Glory's not just enough, you gotta have order too. But order's not just enough, you gotta have glory too. Give God some praise. Whew. But they have the ability to perceive and understand each person's gifting and uniqueness. Uniqueness. Look at me. I'm a man. My name's Jerry Carter. You know what? I don't identify myself with my gifting. There are a lot of preachers who are hung up. On their gifting. They try to be a preacher everywhere they go. Now I'm not trying to be, say, be a hypocrite. What I'm trying to tell you is that I don't always stand up and preach all the time. There's sometimes I like to have fun. <laughs> 
though sometimes I enjoy life. Praise God. I know, I, don't, I, I know if you live for God, you're not supposed to enjoy anything. But you're looking at somebody who understands that I'm, I'm not my gifting. My gifting is what God has made me. So I'm not going to try to fit in your mold. And I'm not going to try to make you fit in my mold. But what I want to find out is what God is doing and what God is saying. If I can see that, if I can get the mind of God, then I can see it happen in this and some of y'all, you, you don't like David Huff. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm going to have to pray for you. Lay hands on you. Cast that devil out of you. <laughs> because his music is a little faster than you prefer. <laughs> but do you understand? Do you have the ability to perceive that God can use the differences of a man to bless you? <laughs> Give God some praise. <laughs> I told him, I called him on the phone. I said, Brother David, I said, I like this last one better than I did the one before. Because the one before was too slow for me. <laughs> David Huff said, well, what do you want me to pray when I get there? I said, everything on your new one. Hallelujah. Because we're going to shake Odessa, Texas with the power of God's praise. Hello, somebody. And I've been in those meetings where they sat down and all the preachers got together. And they said, well, no, we can't listen to that because that's too fast. It's too much like this. And then someone said, well, what's the difference? Listen to me right now. The style doesn't matter. It's where it originated is what matters. Don't get hung up on styles. If it praises God, it doesn't matter if it's slow, fast. You gotta be able to perceive that God uses people's differences to bless you. So I don't want to see any of y'all who, who say, no, we don't we don't like that kind of music. I don't want to see your foot tapping. I don't want to see you going, woo. I don't see none of that stuff. I want you to sit there and be dead dry like you always are when you come to church. And then all of a sudden, when you start feeling the anointing that comes from his music, from his guitar, and the anointing that comes out of his mouth, and then you're gonna, when you start feeling that, then you're going to understand what I'm telling you, that God uses people's differences to bless you. But you've got to be able to see it. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I want to move. <laughs> I want to go where no man has ever gone before. You can. Woo. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I've, 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 already, got him, I've already got him thinking, brother. <laughs> I've already got to think hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you right now, if it doesn't violate some biblical standard that's in this book, we need to give God glory. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. There's a difference between a praiser and a worshiper. Anybody can praise him, and we are called to praise him. 
So Brother David, he starts kicking off. I'm going to be watching all of you. And I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to say, no, 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 no. You sit down now. You sit down. You sit down. You, you would like this, David Hub. He, he gets with it. You need to come. Friday night. Hallelujah. She's my neighbor. She's my neighbor. I didn't even recognize her. She's my neighbor. Ooh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm excited to see her. Of course, all of you, I'm excited to see all of you. Hallelujah. But you get ready. We're going to have a time. We're going to have a time. See, if you're always worried about what somebody else thinks about what you're doing, you never do what God told you to do. And if you're always running from one place to another place, trying to find a door for you to open or to find your niche, you will find yourself out of the will of God. Because the only one that can get you through that door where you want to be is God. It's not an organization. It's not a man. It's not a denomination that can take you through that door. It's only God that can do that. Give God a hand clap of praise in this house. And I'm not saying that God doesn't validate organization, but I'm saying it's not vital. This man was a religious man. He's a type of Israel, but he's sitting outside of the temple. He's sitting outside of the glory. You see, a lot of... There's a lot of people who are religious. They're the people of God, but they're sitting outside of the gate. They, yeah, they can't get inside. They're lame, they're lame, they're lame. But God is going to set you free this morning. There is enough of the power of God in this place to set you free from your lameness. There is a... Some of you bound, you can't move. But God is here right now. He said, come on in here. Get inside of this temple. So now Peter and John, hallelujah, go walking by. And the lame man on his bed, he just got set down there. I mean, he, they just got him tucked in real nice and comfy. Are you nice and comfy this morning? Did you come to church? Are you tucked in real nice and got the blankets over you? You're nice and comfy. And you, oh yeah, man, I don't want to get out of this bed. <laughs> I'm real familiar with this territory because I've been here for 40 years. See, So I don't want to move from where I am right now because I'm too comfortable with where I am right now, you see? And that's the problem with the church. you got to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I've been here for 40 years. It's been like this for 40 years. But God wants me to move on. God wants me to take, take me into a, a greater dimension in the spirit. Yeah, 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 you're comfortable. You're comfortable. You're, you're familiar with it, man. You know exactly when God's going to do what. You know exactly what's going to happen. You can predict it before you ever show up in church. God's going to move on this third song. Hallelujah. you got it all down, man. You know exactly how you're going to preach it. You know exactly what you're going to say. There's no movement for the Spirit. You know exactly how everything's supposed to happen. You're going to sit on your pew, the fifth one in the back there. Hallelujah. It's your particular chair. I mean, and if you sit down and it's not where you always sit, you get a little agitated. Now, that's not my place. Hey, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been here for 40 years. Nobody can move me. But I'm here to tell you right now, the power of God wants to move you from that place. 
And I'm preaching to the church of the last days. That yeah, 40 years ago, it happened like this. But I'm telling you that God is telling you, don't get comfortable where you are. Because he wants, in fact, in fact, he'll make your bed, I said your bed, uncomfortable to get you in his bed. Why do you think everything in the world is falling apart? Economic systems and world government systems and everybody is confused. You know why it's all falling apart? It's to get the church out of their comfort zone. It's to get them out of their bed. Because God, in times... Last day's prophecy is not just about world governments. It's not just about Antichrist and the false prophet and world government and world economy. Last days, I've always asked this question. Where does the church fit in in the last days? You're so focused on everything else out there in the world. But God's got a purpose for the church. That's why he's letting everything collapse. He's going to let it all fall apart. He's going to let everything that can be shaken, shaken, so that the kingdom of God will remain. And there just happened to be a couple guys that walked by this man in his comfort zone with his 10 cup mentality. Oh, I need to eat today. This man doesn't even have the ability to perceive what is about to happen to him. He doesn't see, he doesn't perceive that he's fixing to be walking and leaving his bed. All he knows is he went to church that morning, sat by the door of the church house. And as for all he knew is as the church people walked in, they were going to drop a quarter in his cup. That's all he knew. He didn't, he didn't perceive. He didn't see what was about to happen. He sees a couple of men walk by, but he doesn't see them. I said he sees them, but he doesn't see them. See, that's the problem. A lot of times we see men and God have anointed them. But all we see is men. We don't see the anointing that's a Pilate, when Pilate saw Jesus, he looked at Jesus as just a, you know, just a, basically a street person, hallelujah. Didn't recognize that he was a son of God. He didn't have the ability to perceive or see in whose presence he was standing. Do you perceive, do you understand today that Jesus is in this house right now? You can come here and you can see. You can see the people sitting in the pews. You know them. You can call them by name. You see them. You go every, every church service. They're the same old people all the time. <laughs> Say, yeah, I know you. You know me. Yeah, that's good. And you see the church, but you don't see the church. <laughs> you don't know you came to church in your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You came one way, but you're going to leave another. When you first walked in, all you saw was men. But before it's all over, you're going to say, God is as sure with them. Come on. 
I didn't come here to just sit on my pew and go through form. I came in here to perceive. I came in here to see that God is in this house. I came here today to be moved and to be challenged to go from one place of comfort to a place I've never been before. I came here to lose my ten cup mentality and to enter into the glory. You can have your formal, your formal religion if you want it, but there's something a lot better than a formal religion. It's the power of the living God that will transform you and change your life so that when we see you again, we don't see you the same way we saw you before. And I pray to God if you came in here one way that we can look at you and say, you know what, they came in here one way, but they didn't leave the same way. Because if we see you one way and you leave the same way you came, it wasn't with us. The problem wasn't that God wasn't here. You just didn't perceive. You didn't see what God was doing. You got comfort in your Pentecostal religion is what happened to you. But God is taking you from a place of Pentecost to glory. Give God praise. Come on, give God praise. He's seeing Peter and John. John looks at him and said, I know you see us, but look on us. See, I've got to re we have to redirect your thinking. Because what you're thinking right now is, arms, arms, arms. So John has to, listen, Peter and John has this. We've got to get you to think differently. We've got to get your mind redirected. We've got to get you to see. Look on us. Redirect your thinking. Give God praise. And we know you've been here a while. But that doesn't change the power of God to change it doesn't matter how long you've been like you've been. And you might be saying, there's no way that I can ever change. Can I tell you something? And you look at some of us, you say, I never act like them. Don't ever say you'll never act like them. I walked in church, you, uh, first UPC, brother. I saw one crying, one, one, one laughing. I said, who's, who's right, the one crying or the one laughing? I said, one thing about it, I never act like these people. <laughs> You're looking at a Lutheran, you know, up dancing and praising God and all that stuff, real loud, clapping and shout. I said, I never act like them. Hallelujah. Well, something changed. So you come in here and you've lived life for so many years a certain way. But I'm here to tell you right now, I don't care how long it's been. God can transform you. He can change you. So that when we see you the next time, we're not just sitting, seeing you set by the gate. We're going to see you in the temple. We're not just going to see you on the outside looking in. We're going to see you on the inside looking out. 
So don't let the enemy tell you you don't belong here. I'll tell you right now, you belong here. This is what you've been looking for all your life. And so here this man is. He's by this big, beautiful gate. And I'm not going to get into details because I'd probably bore you anyway. But there was possibly four or five gates that this gate could have been. But there was one man by the name of Josephus who was a first century Jewish historian who said this about that one particular gate. He called, it was called the Corinthian gate because it was covered with brass. Hello? And then there was another gate called the Shushan gate. Shushan gate is a lily palace which Esther was in. Shushan, the lily palace or the lily gate represents the resurrection. Now, I'm not going to get in that because, but anyway, hallelujah. But there was a Shushan gate. It could have been where he was laying there. He was laying at the resurrection gate and didn't even know it. But most likely, this was, the, was called the Corinthian gate because it was covered with Corinthian brass overlaid with gold and beautiful silver. It was about 75 feet high and about 60 feet wide. And it took 20 men to open and close it. And that's in Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, book 15, and Wars of the Jews, book 5 and book 6. You can check me out. <laughs> Hallelujah. All the theologians said amen. And he said on that gate, that huge, beautiful gate, there was a vine, a grapevine that was on that gate. And it is believed that a family, a Jewish family, saved all of their life in order to put one grape on the gate. Now we're talking about manifestation of the kingdom. The grape manifests the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. And listen to me. He's going to have fruit. And that takes you all the way to tabernacles, which is linked to the fruit of the vine. So what God is trying to tell you is the last day's church is going to be a church of the vine. They're going to be the grapes who manifest. Manifest Jesus. They're going to manifest the vine. And so here he is in front of this beautiful gate. Grape, vine, gold, hallelujah. He's close to the beauty. He's close to the beauty. Is anybody close to the beauty? He's close to the glory. He's close to the gold. He's close to God. He's close. Come on, you with me here? He's close to the grave. He's right there, and he sees theologians walk beside him. I mean, this is a major place. So there he is from day to day on his bed. He see, there goes theologian. Theologian, theologian, what's your name? <laughs> theologian Lemons. Theologian Lemons walked by. And the man said, arms, arms, arms. Ten cup mentality. That's all I want. Just give me some arms. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then Theologian Raw walked by, drives his little scooter by. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Peter and John walked by there. At some point, they didn't heal him at that time. Get that. There's a timing in God. Peter and John saw him. He, they knew that man. They knew him. Jesus walked by that man when he walked the earth, but he never healed him. There's a reason because he's an example of that which is beyond Pentecost. So the theologians walked by. Jesus walked by. The 
Disciples walked by. And also, we had the philosophers. They walked by. But the philosopher couldn't get him in there. And the theologian couldn't get him in there. It took the power of God to get him in there. Hello, somebody. That's why when he sees Peter and John this time, he sees them. But John and Peter say, look on us. Because you see, we're not the same disciples that walked beside or in front of you before. Something has changed. We have the power of Pentecost in us. And we've got a passion burning in us. Look at us. Get ready to manifest the kingdom of God. Get ready to manifest Jesus. See, if you see me out there in Walmart, you see me one way. <laughs> Man, I feel good, brother. Man, I feel good. I feel good. You see me out there in Walmart wearing my jeans, my shirt, you know. If I were to tell you I was a preacher, you'd go, what? <laughs> Hallelujah. See me one way. Then you come to church and the power of God begins to move in us. And now we say, okay, you saw us out there in Walmart one way. But now see us now. God is upon us. And we're here to tell you that if you're in a bed right now and you can't move right now, we're here to tell you now the power of God is upon us. We can get you in there. We can get you from this 10 cup mentality you got. We got to change your mind. We got to change your perception. We got to change what you're seeing. And we got to take you beyond. Come on, somebody. Don't come in here and miss this this morning. This is a divine appointment with God for you to be here. You didn't just come here because you got up and decided you wanted to be here. God set a divine appointment for you to experience God's power and his glory. You don't have to stay there with that 10-cup mentality. Just barely getting by. You don't have to be a dead Pentecostal. You don't have to be a dead Lutheran. You don't have to be a dead Baptist. You don't have to be a dead Catholic. If you can just see, perceive that you're in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Rattle, 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 rattle. That's what you hear a lot in church, sir. A bunch of rattling. Rattle, 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 rattle. I think you think. I have an opinion, so do you. Rattle, 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 rattle. What you need is deliverance. Rattle, 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 rattle. Look on us. You don't need that. You need deliverance. You are immobile. You have been immobilized from birth. John chapter 9, there was a man born blind from birth. You know what God said about him? He was born blind. That he, that, listen, that the works of God could be manifest. This man was born that way so that the works of God could be manifest. 
that his immobility would become mobility, his inability would become ability, his begging would become praise. Can you see him in church, in Bible Center Fellowship in Odessa, Texas? I'll never praise like they do. I'll never run like they do. I'll never worship like they do. And all of a sudden, I don't have your tin cup stuff. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have in the name of Jesus. Not my name, says Peter. Not my name, says John. But in the name of Jesus, rise up. Get that man. Be made whole. How many of y'all want to be made whole? In the name of Jesus. Now, here, watch what he does. He knew he saw his ankle bones disjointed. He lived that way 40 years. He was a, an expert in immobility. He knew he could describe to you the ailment of his pain. He could tell you where his, literally it tells us that his ankles were out of joint. If anybody knew, if anybody could see what was wrong with him, he knew and he saw. Do you understand what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, in the name of Jesus, his ankle bones begin to pop. And that which was at a joint became rejoined to the body. The body of God is immobile. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus in this final day, in this kingdom hour, is going to mobilize his church like never before. It's going to be a moving church. It's going to be a praising church. It's going to be a dancing church. It's going to be a worshiping church. And if you knew what I knew, you would never sit on a pew. Look at your neighbor and say, if you knew, if you perceived, if you knew what I knew, you would never sit on a pew. Well, I'm not saying you can't ever sit down. I'm just saying, I'm just saying don't make it a habit for the whole service. I got to sit down there once in a while. I run with Brother Edmonds, man. That guy makes my legs hurt. I said, Brother, can we sit down? <laughs> Praise God. If you knew what I knew, you wouldn't sit on a pew. This man got immediate revelation. He got, a, he, he got a revelation of the name. He got a revelation of Jesus. He got a revelation of the power of Jesus. He got a revelation that Jesus wasn't dead. He's alive. The one that he heard about that had been crucified is no longer dead in that grave, but he's come out. He's alive. He's not dead. If you knew what I knew, you'd never sit on a few. You'd act just like he did. He got up. He jumped up. He started dancing. Because when you jump up and you dance and you spin around, you are literally giving birth to the kingdom of God. Come on. 
The word travail in the word of God, travail in birth, literally means to jump up and spin around. He's dancing. He's now, when they dance, let me tell you something. They didn't do this. One, two, three. One, two. Get ready, y'all. Thinking. You need to get your mind redirected. Can I tell you how they danced? There was a woman by the name of Miriam. When she danced, she took a tambourine in her hand. She jumped up and spun around. When David danced, he jumped up and spun around. When this man danced, I'm here to tell you. He didn't do the one twosie. He jumped up and spun around. You know what he's doing? He's manifesting the kingdom. If you knew what I knew, you'd never sit on a pew. You would be a dancer. You would be a spinner. You would be a praiser. Because you're giving birth to something in the kingdom. There is a manifestation. Give God a hand clap of praise. Oh, yeah, he's got the power of Pentecost. He's experienced the power of Pentecost. Now he's running, leaping, praising God. He's moving inside of the glory now. He's moving inside of the temple now. Hello, temple of God. Isn't God good? And so this jumping, leaping, praising, crazy man. Maybe one of these days, they'll teach him how to act. Sir, now you're a little bit too wild, a little bit too crazy, and we're just not used to this kind of church service. At the BCF Bible, you know, Pentecostal Church of Odessa, we sit on our pews, we sleep in our beds, and we're real comfortable. So, you know, you act a little bit uh, out of, give God some praise. No, what has happened is my immobility has become mobility. I could not walk with God, but now I'm able to walk with God because I have perceived I've seen something. I've redirected my thinking now. I've got a new mentality. And I'm dancing and I'm praising. The Bible said in the kingdom of God in Isaiah that that was going to be what would happen in the kingdom. Are you in the kingdom? The lame man shall leap as a heart. That's a kingdom miracle here. You're beyond Pentecost in this chapter. I'm almost there, I promise you. I know some of y'all are getting tired of doing all that praising. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In case you don't know it, your atmosphere has changed since you have sat right there. The first part of the service I started preaching, there was a certain atmosphere. But you, you started saturating it with praise and worship and receiving the word of God. And your atmosphere has completely changed. Two objects cannot inhabit the same space at any given time. Either the devil's inhabiting your space or God is. You have a ten cup mentality or you've got a God mentality. Hello, church! Go ahead. They can say you're crazy. But you know what? At least you're not in a psychologist's office today. 
tell you something right now. Very few Pentecostals who are worshipers ever end up in a psychologist's office. They don't sleep on his couch because they found his rest. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. Got to get dignified here. And they say with me, move. They move from the temple. They go over there to Solomon's colonnade. Pillars everywhere. Where there's a concourse of people moving. But they see something that day. I said they see something that day. They perceived something that day that was not like it was yesterday. They knew that man. They knew that he was at the gate beautiful in the temple. They knew they saw him every day for 40 years. Some of them saw it. But they knew something was different this day than that day. I want you to leave this place today. And some of you are going to walk among men and people. And they'll say, I saw them before they walked in that church. And I've seen them after they came out of that church. And something's different today than what happened yesterday. Give God praise. They're going to know it. They're going to know you've been in an atmosphere that's completely different from what you used to go to. Where there used to be a frown, now there's a smile. Where there used to be despair, now there's victory. Where there used to be turmoil, now there's peace. Where there used to be sin and guilt, now there's forgiveness of sin. Oh, yeah. Where there used to be lameness, now there's movement. And there will be some who say, no, that's not for you. That's what they told me, Brother Edmonds, when I first started getting into this, this movement here. They said, those people are crazy. And that is not for you. Oh, really? Well, after 22 years, it must have been for me. And I've never let it get cold. I've never get it lukewarm. I want to keep it burning 22 years from now. I want to worship him like I never was. 22 years from now, I want you to say I saw him. I want you to say I saw him 10 years ago. And he had God in his life 10 years ago. But something has happened to him. He has changed in those 10 years. He's not getting lukewarm. He's getting more on fire. His praise hasn't diminished. His, his praise has only increased. His knowledge of the Word of God is not just five sermons in a book. His knowledge of the Word of God has increased a hundredfold. I want you to see me 10 years from now and say he's not what he once was. I want to see you a year from now and say, I remember when they first walked in the church. Now, they're, they're some of the most powerful saints of God in this camp. I've seen them set free from demon powers of darkness. I've seen them bound by chains in pews, and God's power set them free. I've seen them with split personalities on a psychologist's couch, taking all kinds of drugs to try to help them. I've seen them delivered by the power of God, and they are some of the most powerful saints of God. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. This is not for the elite. I said this is not for the elite. 
It's for the lame. God wants to manifest his power in your lameness. He wants to use you where you are so that people can see that he's the one that did it for you. You couldn't do it for yourself. And so everybody, the Bible says, if you'll notice, it tells us right there in this same chapter. It says they get there. <clears throat> oh. The Bible says, verse 12, and when Peter saw it, he answered into the people. and Say, when Peter saw it, he answered the people. You men of Israel, why marvel yet this? Says, oh, why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power of holiness we had made this man to walk. He said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now listen to me. Jesus is the one that healed him. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and be made whole. And now Peter says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did it. Jesus is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is a manifestation of God. Jesus came uh, the eternal world into the time, world of time, the invisible world into the visible world to manifest God so that God could be perceived and seen. He's not the second person in a trinity. He is very God, very God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You with me? Ah. Man, if you know that, you ought to praise God just over that. There's a lot of people who don't even know that. What he's basically telling Israel is this, is that what happened to him can also happen to you. He's 40 years old. You wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. He's a type of you. There is verbal predictive prophecy, something that is spoken, and there's typical predictive prophecy. He's a type of what can happen to you. I'm telling you right now that what happened to him, God wants to happen to you. The reason why this miracle is even in the Bible is to manifest God to a people that you may see what can happen to you. What happened to him can happen to you. That's why the miracle is here, so you can see it. God is a God of the living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not a God of the dead. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still alive. Jesus is alive. So he takes this opportunity to preach Jesus. That this is, this is a manifestation of Jesus. If you can just perceive it, Israel. If you can just see him, Israel. That's why this happened, Israel. Is to manifest Jesus in your presence. Now watch what he says. But you denied the Holy One. Well, now I gotta back up. Whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One. Say the Holy One. You denied the Holy One, not the Holy Two, and not the Holy Three. You now watch me. Listen, listen. You denied the Holy One. Holy, holy, holy. The Holy of Holies. Is the throne or the place of the most high God. You denied the Holy One. He came from heaven and he walked among men. He came from the Holy of Holies. 
and he walked among men. He was the one the seraphim cried out, holy, holy, holy. He's the one that Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6. High and lifted up and his train filled the temple. He's the one that was in the Old Testament on the throne and he has come into this world. He is the Holy One. Give God praise. He's the one that all the angels worshipped. He's the one. Yeah. He is the glorious one. Oh, yeah. He's glorious in might and glorious in power. He's the God of the Old Testament. But I want you to understand. I want you to understand. He's not just the God of Passover. He is. He is. But he is also the God of Pentecost. We saw him in Acts 2 remember but he's also beyond Acts 2 you move beyond Pentecost and he's the Holy One he's the most high God you with me here look at this if you could just see it if you could just perceive it is what he's trying to get him to understand and then he goes on and killed you killed the Prince of Life he is the, the Prince of Life he's the leader some interpret that prince of life to mean author of life. But he is the leader of life. He's the one that takes you from one place to another place. He's the captain. He wants you to move with him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I'll get you off your bed into my rest. But he says, get to me. Whatever you got to do, get to me. Don't make me try to get to you. Get to me. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Whatever you got to do, get to him. You got to climb this pole, get to him. You got to run, get to him. If you got to walk, get to him. If you got to crawl, get to him. Whatever you got to do, get to him. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He wants to lead you. Come unto me, all you that labor heavenly. I will give you rest. Come on, move with me. Move with me. Take your yoke and cast it off. Now, I know for some of you this is long preaching. But for me, I'm just getting started. If I didn't have to deal with the human element, I would stand up here and preach for four hours. But I'm having to preach real fast this morning so I don't lose you. Some of you already checked out. You already checked out, caught your plane, wherever you're going. <laughs> so I'm preaching. You wonder why I'm preaching, talking so fast? I got a lot to say in a short period of time to do it. Not God's time. God let me preach as long as I want to. I'm dealing with a human element here. I'm dealing with your background. I'm dealing with where you came from. I'm dealing with the previous service you went to and what happened in their church. I'm dealing with all of that. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you right now, the God is in this house. He's going to make somebody leave. Brother, will you do me a favor? Will you just go sit down by somebody that's dead? And I tell you what, I'll give you authority in the name of Jesus. If they stay that way, just return and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up. 
probably blow their mind, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I've never seen it like that before. <laughs> You're not supposed to see it like this before. God wants you to see it to the point that your eyes pop out of your head and go, wow. That's the kind of God I serve. See, I got to get, we got to deal with that mentality, that 10 cup mentality. Now watch what he says. Okay, here we go. I'm almost through. Look at your neighbor and say, he's almost through. <laughs> Which means about two more hours. <sighs> Look at him, tell him he's about to close. Which means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm right on time. I'm just on time to be in time, so don't worry about your time. Hallelujah. Now watch what Peter says. Now watch. He's trying to get him to see. Say, see. Look at this. And he killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead. Wherefore we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name. How y'all have faith in the name? Amen. Hath made this man, what? Strong. Whom you see and know. You see and know. Yeah. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Say the name of Jesus. What you have here is a manifestation of Jesus. Can you see it? What you have here is a manifestation of the kingdom. Can you see it? Can you see that what God did for him, he wants to do for you? Can you see it? Brother, remember when you used to sit back there where my neighbor's sitting right now? You remember? But you, no, you were sitting a little bit further over right there. I, I, I just want to warn you because he used to sit over here and he, he might jump off. He might get on you in a little bit. Hallelujah. That, that Holy Ghost stuff that's on him might just jump on you. That would be all right, won't it? She's cool, man. She, I, I've got more response out of her than I do some Pentecostal people. I like you. Hallelujah. I got a friend in the house. Lord have mercy. I, I get scared to death when I see Pentecostal people show up. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Because they know how it's supposed to all be done. They got it all figured out. They've been in that bed for 40 years, honey. You can't tell them anything. They know it all. Especially a young preacher. Oh, I like that. I like this brother, too. He's my brother. Now, watch this. Y'all with me still? Okay, here we go. You okay, brother? Are you all right? Did, did you hear him over here making sounds? <laughs> Do you get nervous when Pentecostal people show up? Yeah. <laughs> now, brethren, I would that through ignorance you did it. You didn't know, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed. The whole book is that you might perceive. The whole book is that you might see a manifestation of God in your life. God raised up prophets to preach so that they could see. He raised up this man off of a bed 
that they may see a manifestation of Jesus. Now watch, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm almost through. Hallelujah. How many dead people I got out there say amen? <laughs> Who was it that said amen? No, don't, 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 don't lift your hand. Don't lift your hand. Don't lift your hand. Because the dead shall yet be raised. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. The dead shall be raised. Watch. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets. He is the substance of the prophets. He is the substance of the shadow. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. And now faith is a substance faith. They lived in faith in the Old Testament, but it wasn't substance faith. It was shadow faith. Now faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not yet seen. He's come. He's the substance. Can you see him? He's the substance. You're living in the days of substance, not shadow land. The new age has come in. It is invaded into time. These three dimensions here, these shadows, they're in substance form now. That you may see. Now watch this. So he's the substance of the prophets. Wow. That Christ should suffer, he hath so full, fulfilled. Say fulfilled. We're in times of fullness. I said, we're in times of fullness. You don't understand that God, really what he's trying to do is to take away that which is in part. And bring in, a, bring in the spirit of perfection. Say fullness. You can partake of it. Repent ye therefore. Verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. How do you repent? You're heading one direction. I've lived my life one way all my life, but I'm going to do it a new way. They're going to see me different than they've ever seen me before. There is a hope for you. I said there is a hope for you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been in your present situation. There is a hope for you. Just repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Redirect your thinking. See it a different way. Watch this. Watch this. Repent you therefore and be converted. Say converted. Hallelujah. Don't be just convinced. Be converted. There's a lot of people that are convinced, but they're not yet converted. Repent you therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. I don't care what you've done this morning. Your sins can be blotted out. Jesus of Nazareth is in this place this morning offering you complete pardon. And forgiveness of sins in his name. 
All you got to do is repent, confess unto him, turn your life over to him, be baptized in his name and have those sins washed away and be filled with his spirit. It can happen that quick, that quick. You don't have to wait three years, that quick. Say, my sins can be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from where? The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is in this house. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the time. How many of y'all received that? Him. Hello, heaven. I'm not waiting to go to heaven. Hello, heaven. You've got to change your thinking. You are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're in heavenly places right now. Whom the heavens must receive. Oh, yeah, he's right here. He's right here. He's not up there. He's right here. got to change your thinking. When you, when you call upon God, do you lift your head up there like that? Like he's up there somewhere? He's all around you. He's here right now. When you talk about heaven, you look up your eyes and say, yeah, heaven is right around you. It's a manifestation of Jesus that you're after. His presence is here. What he wants to do is manifest the presence. His presence, come on, his presence is everywhere. But I'm talking to you about a passion for manifestation. Something that can be seen and perceived. That's what he's doing in this hour. Come on, listen to me. I'm, I promise you. I promise you. I'm about through. About another hour and I'll be through. Hey, don't feel bad. I did, they didn't get out till 2.30 last Sunday. So if you're, a time, if you're a time watcher, you're getting out way early. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, man. Praise God. Overtime. Is that what you call it? No, I call it head over heels in love with Jesus. This man was head over heels in love with Jesus. But, but, but that's good. That's good. That's good. I like that. You need to preach a message that sometime, Brother Bunch. Overtime preaching. Yeah. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution. Restitution literally means this, to bring back to the former state. Now, in case you don't know it, I'm going to tell you where you began. You began right there. Before you were ever born, your spirit was in him. And he walked by and he goes, You don't understand that. Your birth is simply the manifestation of your creation. So what God has to do is get you back where you started. The rest of, oh yeah, that blew some of your mind. Just, that's okay, think about it. You didn't start in the devil. You didn't start in this earth realm. You started in him. But the fall took you out of him. So you had to be reinstated back in him so your birthing is simply the manifestation of your creation but there is a manifestation of the new creation because God is going to remove the old and bring in the new 
And if you're still, you're still walking around, you're old carnal thinking. You're old creation man. I want to tell you that the new creation man is here and his name is Jesus and he's brought in a new creation. It's a new thing that he's doing and he's here to manifest a new creation and get rid of your stinking thinking. I'd just love to have some of you to preach to. I'd get you one of these days. I tell people, they come here for three months. We got you. You come here three months, you'll never be the same again. Well, oh, on second thought, on second thought. Hello, because I didn't come here to get religious. He's done too much for me. For me to get religious. And he's got too much more that he wants to do. What's this? Okay. Whom the hell must receive until the time's restitution of all things. He's going to bring it back to a previous state. But it's even going to be better than that. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy. Say spoken. Verbal predictive prophecy. This man is a typical predictive prophecy. God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers. A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. He's talking about Jesus here. See, he wants, you, wants them to see Jesus in this. Now watch, he goes on. She'll come to pass that every soul, say soul. You know where your soul is? Right here. When you get born again, with the water and the spirit, your spirit man is immediately recreated. But in every one of us, I don't care who you are, including me, every one of us have a mind that has to be renewed. Every one of us have a defeated mentality, a sin mentality, a sin consciousness. Every one of us are sick in our heads. Our souls are in the process of being saved. You haven't arrived yet, my brother, my sister. Nor have I arrived yet. My spirit got saved. My soul is being saved. My mind, my will, and my emotions are being saved. My body will be saved. I have not arrived yet. I must move. Now notice he's talking to the soul. Say, soul. My mind. My mind has to get a revelation of Jesus. Without a vision, the people perish. If you don't have an apocalypse of Jesus in your life, a revelation of Jesus in your life, you are perishing right now. Without a vision or revelation, the people perish. You've got to have a vision of Jesus. You've got to see him. How many of y'all see him today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you're tired, but this is the time you offer sacrifice of praise unto his name. Oh, yeah, we, we, we could talk all day long, and we could talk all night long about how we want to move of God in our lives. Oh, give me a break. Come on, do you really want to move of God in your life? But I'm sick, Pastor. I know. But there's a healer in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, seven praises equal to worship. <laughs> tell, them, tell your neighbor, there's seven levels equal to stage. 
Seven stages equal a dimension. And seven dimensions equal a habitation. If you haven't praised him seven times, you ain't even started worshiping yet. You don't believe me, do you? There's seven. There's seven. I don't play the piano. But there's seven levels on the key. And the eighth, the octave, takes you back to the beginning. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, go back to the eighth. That's the eighth. That's the new beginning. You've got to understand what I'm telling you. There are seven levels to this. And we come to church and sit here in the first five minutes. We're ready to go home. Are you kidding me? It's going to take the power to get you out of your carnal thinking. See, see, I've praised him seven times today. And I've been preaching for seven hours almost. You know, that's something I've never done. I've never preached for seven hours. Let me try that today. If seven levels equals one stage, and seven stages equal one dimension, and seven dimensions equal one habitation, I wonder what it would be like if I sit here and preach for seven hours. I wonder where that would take us. To Taiwan and back. There's one, listen to me, there's one thing that he holds above his name. You know why? They're preaching a manifestation of Jesus. Listen to me. One thing God holds above his name, and you know how high his name is. One thing that holds above his name is his word. You know why? Because if you don't preach this word, there cannot be a manifestation of the name. The word is revelation of the name. So he holds his word above his name so that when you preach the word, a manifestation of Jesus will take place. But if you don't preach the word, the name can never be manifest. There's, that's the highest thing in the kingdom of God is the word of God. Sister, get your wheelchair ready. Pop a wheelie and go, whoo! Ready? Ready, brother? Pop a wheelie go, whoo! Seven times. Look at your neighbor and say, God holds one thing above his name. That's his word. Because his word preached manifests his name. Now, now, just chill out there. I don't want you to run over anybody. I don't want you to run over anybody. I know. Just say, just kind of move to the side. I'm coming through. I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Wheelchairs can't even hold her down. What's your excuse? Okay, let me calm down. Let me, let me get nice because I don't want to offend anybody. Now watch this. Look at this. He said Jesus was preached. His word brings manifestation. If I can preach the word enough to you, pretty soon you start chewing on it. And the song of Solomon says that you will produce twins. There will be a producing. You will manifest twins in your life. 
talks about it, the lambs having teeth produce twins. You know why? Because they've been chewing, they've been grinding the word. And that brings a manifestation or of a reproduction of what that word has spoken to their life. Give God praise. The prophets spoke concerning Jesus. Now, now listen. Okay, let me read some more. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, and like unto me, him shall ye hear. And all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul, your mind, your will, emotions, which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. That's why you must see. You must see him. They literally, he is telling him, damnation is staring you in the face. Jesus is the only way into the temple. Jesus is the temple. Jesus is the Sabbath day. Jesus is Passover. Jesus is Pentecost. Jesus is Tabernacles. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. A manifestation of the Holy Ghost is the tongues of fire. A manifestation of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. These are just manifestations. If you don't see it, watch this. Listen to me, church. It's not by ritual or being more religious. It's a relationship. It is restoration through redemption. Ye and all the prophets, yea, I'm sorry, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after as many as have spoken Say, spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. In the spirit right now, I am experiencing kingdom age type things. Even at the beginning of this thing called the church, they were experiencing kingdom age type manifestation. What I'm trying to tell you is we don't have to wait. The problem with the church is becoming mobile thinking that the cross and thinking that Pentecost is everything. The cross allows you to experience Pentecost. But Pentecost takes you into the next level. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you are the children. You are the children. You are the children. Which name say you're the children. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father sent unto Abraham and in thy seed. Seed. Say seed. seed. Who is the seed of Abraham? Jesus. Jesus. Galatians says that the seed of Abraham is Jesus. Jesus is a manifestation of God. He is the servant of God. The true Israel of God. I didn't say the church is the true Israel of God. Isaiah, the prophecies concerning Isaiah, the servant of the Lord, are prophecies concerning the true Israel. And the true Israel is Jesus. Watch. He is the seed. And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Look at that. How many of y'all want to be a blessing? Are you the seed of God? The seed of God is to manifest. Say, sons of, God. sons of God. 
unto you first. God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turn away every one of you from his iniquities. God wants to bless your life. That's his whole desire is to bless your life. Now, now watch this. Watch this. He's saying this is a manifestation of Jesus. Do you see it? This is what the kingdom is supposed to be like. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Do you have the ability to see what you've seen? Now go with me to Romans 8. Last thing I'm going to read to you. The whole purpose of God. I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. That Peter's message was a greater miracle than the sign. That word that Peter preached there with the passion of perception. Giving them a revelation of Jesus was a greater miracle than that man running and leaping and praising God. What you have heard this morning is a greater miracle than if this brother right here. I know if this brother right now got up and ran around this church, every one of you would fall out prostrate before God. Or you'd be leaping and worshiping and praising God. I can tell you. But a greater miracle than that has come into this house this morning. And that is the word that Peter preached. And Peter had the ability to perceive what was going on in this miracle. He saw not just the miracle, but he saw manifestation of Jesus. greatest miracle you ever experienced is not the lame leaping and running. The greatest miracle you ever experienced is the word preached to the place that you get a revelation. I see Jesus. I see. Oh, I went to church today. When I first got there, I saw pews. I saw people. I saw ties. I saw shirts. I saw dresses. I saw long hair. I saw, oh, but then I saw Jesus. How many of y'all have seen the Lord today? I'm not talking about physically, but you've seen him in the spirit. It's for you. I don't care how long you've been on that bed. Don't say you're too old. How old is that brother, Brother Edmonds in Taiwan that, that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? 87-year-old man in Taiwan received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't say you're too old. Get up out of your, get off that bed. Come on, get in here. Get in here. Hallelujah. Romans 8. Let's start with verse 17. Now he's talking about the children of God in the latter part of that. Acts chapter 3. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Wow. Suffering is necessary. You can't move to a higher dimension without suffering. Jesus had to die before he could go into glory. Amen. Suffering is necessary. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Say revealed. Revealed. A revelation. A vision of Jesus. Revealed in us. Um, you don't know how excited I am. At 3 in the morning, 3, 3.30 in the morning, God said, the key to the whole thing is perception. It's sin. That's the key that unlocks that passage. That is the word for the house in them. You heard the word of God today. You just haven't heard words off of a page. You heard the voice of God, the mind of God for you today. 
He brought here, you here today that there might be a revelation of Jesus in your life. Watch. Say, revealed in us. Glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for what? The manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth. Say travaileth. Literally, travail means to dance. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Because I'm going to show you Bishop Wagner's message on the dance of God. A few weeks down the road, that conference, he preached a message, the dance of God. That's how I know what word, the word travail means. He didn't preach this, this word here, but he preached the travail of God and the dance of God. And I'm going to show you. You'll never sit in a pew again. Because if you can understand the travail of God is to bring a manifestation or a revelation of the kingdom of God, you will never, you can't sit there. This word travail literally means to dance. We know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also. Which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for what? The adoption to, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see, see, see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Give God praise. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Everything that is happening right now, if your life is falling apart, you're in the right house. Because God will allow everything to fall apart. The whole purpose of it is that there will be a manifestation. Now listen to me. I'm talking about a revelation of the kingdom and the king in a people. I'm talking about when people see you. That's a child of God. That's a son of God. Look at the glory of God on that man's face. Look at him. Miracles breaking out all around. You just walk by him and miracles breaking out all around you. You don't even have time to stop and look and say, hey, you got healed. Wow. No, man. I'm, I'm, listen to me. I'm talking about a time with a manifestation of the children of God. We're talking about beyond Pentecost. In this chapter right here. Give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> now you can't experience what I just preached about. If you first have not repented of your sin. And been water baptized in his name. And been filled with his spirit. But it's for you. And if you're willing and obedient. You shall eat the fat of the lamb. God wants to bless you in such an awesome way. That when people see you, they've known you for years, but they don't really know you. Because from within, the real you is there. Inside, the real you is there. And it takes the Word of God to wake it up. What they've seen all those years is really not you. Give God some praise. That's why when people walk up and you say, I know you. Look at them and say, no, you don't know me. 
Because the real me hadn't showed up yet. You just think you know me. I've been incognito for 40 years. Undercover. Hallelujah. And guess what? I really don't care what you think. Because I'm fixed to break out of my shell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I started to go back there and, and say hello to somebody. But you know what? Every time I go over there and say hello to somebody, they don't come back the next time. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay up here and keep my distance. Bless you from here. Hallelujah. <laughs> May you be blessed in Jesus' name and come back tonight. You know, if you didn't get anything out of what I preached this morning, I know you'll hear something from that man of God. Hallelujah. So y'all come back. If this didn't do you, he will. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give God some praise in this house. Who stand on your feet, clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. We're doing real. We're doing real good. Praise God. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you tonight at 530 prayer, 6 o'clock church service. Brother Andy, give me some music, please, sir.